Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 58 of the Tech Bootcamp podcast. The title of today's interview is The Sweetest Devotion, an interview with Meredith and Lillian. My name is Richard Johannesson. And I'm Matt Sabatello. Today's podcast guests are Meredith and Lillian. Meredith Park is a 31-year-old single mom from the northern suburbs of Chicago. She works two jobs to support herself and her five-year-old daughter, Lillian. Ms. Park has been sick since her late teens. She exhibited strange symptoms that included an inability to stay awake, headaches, and anxiety. She received several misdiagnoses that included bipolar disorder and multiple sclerosis. Ms. Park and her healthcare professionals didn't figure out the true cause behind her illness until her daughter, Lillian, fell ill 10 years later. When Lily was less than two years old, she experienced weird rashes and bite marks all over her body, accompanied by a 105-degree fever, headaches, and extreme fatigue. She was diagnosed with Lyme at 19 months old via an Igenix test, and Ms. Park's doctors theorized that she probably had Lyme too and had passed it on to Lily in utero. Since then, Ms. Park and Lily have taken antibiotics, herbs, and supplements and detox regularly. But the biggest change in Ms. Park is the new outlook she gained as a result of Lyme disease. She's open about sharing her story and struggles to let others know that they are not alone in their battle against Lyme disease. Hey, Meredith and Lillian, and welcome to the podcast. Hi. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Well, thank you for joining us, uh, both of you. So can you folks share with us uh, where you're from? We are from the suburbs of Chicago. And, And Meredith, where did you grow up? I grew up in Winnetka, Illinois which is the suburbs of Chicago as well. And where'd you go to school? I went to Greeley Elementary School, and then um, I went to the local high school, and I actually ended up um, going to boarding school in New Hampshire for junior and senior year of high school. Meredith, what do you do for work? I am an office manager of a preschool and um, an independent contractor uh, I do I do hair on the side as well. And Lillian, did you go to the preschool where your mom works? No. All right. <laughs> you go to a better preschool than mom works at. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Meredith, could you share with us what your relationship status is? I am a single mother. And, uh, Meredith, can you share with us a little bit about your background? What kinds of things were you uh, looking forward to doing before you got sick with your tick disease? Honestly, the answer would be everything. Um, I was a very active child. Um, I loved being creative. I loved sports. Lily says she does not like sports, so we are not alike in that way. But I would do, I mean, I think I did every sport, every activity. Um, I played the flute for six years. I did tons of things all the time. I was always busy, um, and I had a, I have an older brother who's eight years older than I am, and so I sort of followed him a little bit, too, and thought he was super cool, so I'd do, like, the boy sports at the time as well, and I was always I – was, I was a pretty happy kid, I would say. And what kind of goals did you have for your future, professionally, personally? What were you expecting of your future? I wanted to be an archaeologist. I thought that was the coolest thing in the whole world. Um, I wanted to go to college. I wanted to move away from home and become an archaeologist, go on all these amazing trips and find all these cool things and, you know, potentially become very famous for finding whatever. And 
and I also wanted to be a photographer, so I thought those two things would go well together. So when did you begin to show the symptoms of your tick disease? I believe that I have been sick for a very long time, but that the tick aspect of it, I was, I was a senior, I think, in high school, and I was out in New Hampshire, and I got uh, what they thought was mono, but I never tested positive for mono but they treated me like I, like I did have, have mono. So I was extremely lethargic and I, I mean, I pushed through, I, I, I think that I have this extra jet pack of energy that I don't know where it came from, but that is the only thing that's getting me, me through. And it definitely got me through senior year of high school. I still went to class. I, when they would let me come back, I pushed through everything, but I was, I was so mentally and physically exhausted that I don't even remember my senior year of high school. I was on honor roll. I did everything I needed to do, but I just felt crummy and just done every day. Getting up was a chore. Driving to school was a chore. Making my own food, everything was just so taxing. I don't recall if I felt like flu symptoms, like I know a lot of Lyme, Lyme people feel, you know, after a couple of weeks, I didn't feel any of that that I can recall. But again, I was so tired all the time that the entire year was just a straight up blur. And I never recovered from that. I felt crummy before in my life. When I was 15, I had uh, knee surgery and I sort of never really recovered from that either. My knee was fine, but I was always tired and achy. I quit a bunch of sports. I was on club volleyball when I was like eighth grade freshman in high school. So I was still doing that. And I quit because I just couldn't handle it anymore. I couldn't handle the pressure of jumping up and down. I sometimes put on my knee pads because my knees would just hurt. So I didn't feel well before, but I believe that ever since senior year of high school, I just, I changed. My body changed. My willingness to participate in activities change and I just felt awful every single day and that's never really gone away. What did you know about tick diseases during your childhood prior to your uh, experience with senior? Did you know about ticks? I did because we're super close to Wisconsin. My mom has a friend who has a home in Wisconsin and one of their neighbors you know got got bit by a tick and had Lyme disease and I was like oh well that sucks I don't like I hope they get better. Sorry. But at that time, oh, geez, I don't even know what year that would have been. But at that time, I don't think a lot of people knew. But I, I, I was aware that there was something called Lyme disease, but I did not know the extent of it. And I didn't know, you know, that it was a bacteria. I thought it was like a mosquito bite that, you know, got you sick and then you were fine. Do you ever recall finding a tick biting you? I never saw anything, but I will say that a little bit, a couple years after high school, I was living in Massachusetts and I, I have a dog and we went hiking all the time. And as I was thinking about our journey and thinking about everything, I remember I woke up in my bed uh, after a hike. I think we had, we had camped too. We were camping um, in the Anirondacks and we came back and there were like five or six ticks just like chilling in my bed that had fallen off of my dog. But even then, even at that point, and I think I was 20, I thought that was disgusting, gross, you'll get them out, but no more than that. 
I, and I was living on the East coast where, you know, it all started and I still, that didn't even phase me. When did your daughter begin to exhibit the symptoms of her tick disease? So Lillian got sick after a weekend trip that we took to Wisconsin. Uh, it was over the July 4th weekend. Uh, we were staying with some friends in their very old home. And both of us, we were on the second floor and both of us had some upper respiratory issues uh, within like the second day that we were staying there. And I found out that there were bats in the roof everywhere. There was a huge bat problem. It was hard for her to breathe. We actually went to the 4th of July parade and I noticed that she was not quite right. Um, she was a little warmer than usual. So we, we went home and my mom actually noticed that Lily had some sort of insect bite on her shoulder. And I had noticed it too. I thought it was a mosquito bite, but like a week and a half, two weeks later, it was not going away. And I sort of brushed my mom off because of course I'm a new mom and I know best. She's my daughter. Like I got this, but I, I did listen to her and I started sort of just thinking about, well, why isn't it going away? I have weird reactions to mosquito bites. I get huge welts. This looks different to me. This looked, it wasn't a bullseye. Um, I didn't have that indicator, but it looked strange. It wasn't a spider bite. It didn't have the two little fangs. It wasn't, I, I couldn't, I, I just, I didn't feel right about it. And after my mom pointed it out, I definitely, something just didn't sit right. Days go by and then Lillian started to have more like spots all over her body in different places, in random places. There were some on her feet that looked like she had been bit by something, but we had been inside. We weren't outside. There was no reason for this. She got a fever. Um, it was about 105 for several days. She wasn't eating normally. She wasn't sleeping normally. Her face was swollen. She had all these weird bites all over. There were different types too. Like on her stomach was a, a different version. On her foot looked different. Um, her face was splotchy. And she was so young, but she could talk. She talked very early, thank goodness. And she was telling me that her head was hurting mommy, my head hurt. Um, mommy, I tired. And I, I started panicking a little bit at that point. Meredith, did you, did you find a tick biting your daughter at that time? I didn't. I did. All, all I ever saw was a bite or a welt of some sort. I never saw a physical tick. Meredith, so you were 18, approximately a senior in high school when you got this diagnosis with mono, and then you continued to get worse. So how did this impact your life at that age? Because you were going to be graduating to go on to college. You were taking the next step in your life. How did that impact you progressing with your life at that point? I sort of slowed down with my dreams, per se. Um, I wanted really badly to go to the University of Denver but my grades weren't like that great. So I didn't get in. And I think, I mean, I got scholarships to other schools and I was sort of like, well, no, I want to go to Denver. That's where I want to be. And it's sort of like that threw me as a teenager, like an emotional loop. But I think then that, and then thinking about how am I going to get through college? Like how I couldn't even, I could barely get through high school, uh, waking up every day and having to mentally just work my brain more than I could at that point. I sort of, I won't say I, I shut down, but I definitely 
like slowed down. I wasn't as ambitious. I enrolled in college. Um, but the reason I chose the college I chose was because I got to go to Ireland my first semester of freshman year. So I wasn't as serious maybe as I thought I would be, um, or as I was previously to getting, to getting sick and feeling crummy every day. I mean, I went to Ireland. It was a great experience. But when I got back for uh, second semester, freshman year of college, I was still, I was still in New Hampshire and I withdrew from college um, after getting in a pretty bad car accident because I had sort of like an epiphany and I'm like, well, if I almost died in this car accident, I shouldn't be in school. But I think looking back, that was a cop out on my part. And it was really, I was struggling so much just to get through every day. It's a little emotional to think about it, but I, I used that as my way of, of getting out of something that I didn't believe I could continue because I felt so sick. Can you walk us through what additional symptoms you got and how they impacted your life? Yeah. So I started, I always had a little bit of social anxiety, but it, it kind of blew up at me. I would drive everywhere because I'd have to leave because I would just get so overwhelmed. I always had it a little bit. I think everyone might have it a little bit, but I would get so overwhelmed. Everything would be too loud. Too many people would be there. Like I didn't want to be touched. I hated being touched. That was one of the biggest things. If somebody brushing up against me, I'd have to scratch my arm off. It felt so awful to me. I was super sensitive, hypersensitive. Anything could like sort of set me off, if you will. I'd be like, okay, I need to leave. Like, don't touch me. I wouldn't say it out loud, but I'd be screaming it inside. I would sleep a lot more. My headaches started at that point. That's another thing. I have almost had a consistent headache like since then, since I was 18. You're certainly not rare in the Lyme world. Everything you're saying is very common amongst us Lymeys. And despite feeling so sick, you continued on with your life. You worked and you even had Lillian at some point. And then Lillian, with her sickness, eventually led you both to your Lyme disease diagnosis. So can you walk us through the process of the diagnosis of your Lyme disease and Lillian's Lyme disease? Yeah. So it would start with Lillian's. So she did get sick at 19 months. We didn't know what it was, but I will also say I was a single mom at this point. So I have been raising her by myself since she was seven months old. And at the time, her father had thought that I was, it was my fault that she got sick because I took her to Wisconsin. So it's my fault. She, you know, she got sick. But looking back, I mean, if, if she got Lyme disease from me, which is what I believe, and this is the path that we're on. He could have potentially given it to her too, because if it's congenital, where did I get it from? It's all up in the air. I, I know there's something wrong with my child. This is not who I gave birth to. This is not my daughter. Like she, she was foreign to me at this point because she was so sick and no one was listening to me. So I drove 14 hours total to Missouri because I heard about this Lyme literate medical doctor that would diagnose and help treat children. So. I put my kid in the car, I put my mom in the car, and I just drove. And he was the one that sort of confirmed she had Lyme um, and said, yeah, this kid is definitely not healthy. I did forget a portion too. We, we had the hygienic blood test. None of the doctors would listen to me. Her pediatrician wouldn't order the test. The ER doctors at a 
prestigious hospital in Chicago would not order the the Igenix test or any sort of Lyme test. So I went to our chiropractor. I didn't really have to beg him, but in my mind, I begged him to order this test and she was positive. So you had this Igenix blood test done through your chiropractor and then it came yes. back positive. Did you, did you immediately go to this Lyme litter doctor or did you try to seek the help of your pediatrician first before going to your Lyme litter doctor that you found? Okay, so at this point, the pediatrician was out of my mind. I didn't even need one anymore. Throughout this journey of Lillian's, she really wasn't getting the proper help. She was misdiagnosed with a virus multiple times by two different ER facilities, by your pediatrician numerous times. And then you went out to the internet and started posting photos of her rash and her skin condition. And with your research and the feedback from the community, you then thought Lyme as a result of that and pushed for this test with the chiropractor and then seeked out a Lyme litter doctor 14 hours away to get your daughter the proper help. Is that accurate? That is accurate. So once you went to this Lyme litter doctor 14 hours away, and of course, right away, they said, well, I agree. She has a positive test. She's symptomatic. And this probably could have been a clinical diagnosis. What were the next steps then? First, the doctor called in a prescription for doxycycline. And honestly, there were a couple of other antibiotics. I can't even recall. He had a whole treatment plan set up. So it was, you know, try doxy first, then do this, then do this, then do this. I went straight to the pharmacy that was closest to our house. And I said, here's the prescription. I'm waiting. I'm not leaving. Like we are getting this right now. And I was told, okay, well, you have to come back. So I came back, but I was in the drive-thru of the, the pharmacy. And I remember when I gave Lillian's date of birth, which she was 19-ish months, the pharmacy tech was like, oh, okay, hold on. She goes and gets the pharmacist and the pharmacist, a very nice younger woman comes back and she's like, well, I know she has a prescription for this, but the CDC recommends that children under eight not take doxycycline because her teeth might get stained. And I had just driven seven hours home. I was relieved that there was some sort of answer, but scared to death of what that meant for us. So I looked at the pharmacist and I said, I will not send you a bill for her teeth whitening when she's 18 years old. I need this and I need it now. And she was like, well, I, you know, against my better judgment, I don't know. And blah, you know, she just kept going on and I started screaming. I lost it. And I made her very upset, very emotional. She walked away crying and not one of my better moments, but I will say I got my point across and I got the doxy for my child. So that was the first step in a lot of things, I'll say. It was the first step in me standing up for my daughter and myself in the long run. And it was the first real answer I had. Like, this is something valid. This is something my daughter is sick and this, is, this could potentially help her and nothing is going to stop me at this point. So Meredith, once you found out that Lillian had Lyme disease, did you have the realization that you had Lyme disease as well based on your symptoms? My Lyme disease that I believe I do have is all, this doesn't sound right, but it's all thanks to my daughter. Meredith, how many doctors did you see in total from the time you were a child up until your diagnosis at 28? I wouldn't be surprised if it's over 85. Once you had this epiphany that Lillian had Lyme and then, and then you went and sort of saw your doctors to realize that you likely have Lyme as well and had a clinical diagnosis of Lyme disease, 
Did you pursue anything in regard to your health or did you primarily focus on Millie's health? So when I, when I got her diagnosis, it was like fight or flight, right? I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to put my entire being into fixing my child to helping her to healing her. I, in the beginning, like, so three, over three years ago, I started to treat myself with some antimicrobials, some antibiotics as well. And I found that my herxing and my brain fog and everything would get so bad when I tried to treat myself that I gave up. I can't do it because I am the only provider for her. And if I'm down, then nothing can work, you know, food clothes. I'm the one who needs to do that. And so I have, not only have I put myself on the back burner because I want her to be better and she is my number one priority, but I also couldn't do it financially. Definitely. I mean, there's no way I could treat two people for Lyme at this point. We're on Medicaid and we have to stay on Medicaid because if I had to pay for treating myself as well, I, I would be living on the streets. What treatment is Lillian currently on today? So she started with uh, doxycycline and cefirox. I don't. I can't even pronounce these things. I. I don't even. If if somebody comes to me asking for advice, I have to Google the names of things. Okay, but she's been on multiple multiple antibiotics. That's how we started, and I would have to. This gets emotional too, but I would have to hold her down pretty intensely just to get the suspensions in her in her body because she was so small she couldn't swallow pills she couldn't swallow the azithromycin she couldn't swallow the amoxicillin i had to hold her nose and shove this this foreign substance into her body that was pretty traumatic for both of us but thank goodness through through moving on and growing older um the antibiotics are a lot easier to to give to her she's still on antibiotics Meredith, if you can just walk us through three years ago, the Lillian three years ago, how is Lillian different today as a result of her diagnosis and the treatment? And how much better is she doing today than she was three years ago? She's remarkable today. She was so sick. And like I said, she, this little body at 19 months, I like didn't even know who she was. She was so foreign to me. She was, I was so scared. And she didn't know what was going on. She was little, right? So she just didn't feel well. But the second that, that I got the doxycycline and, and got it in her, I would say like two weeks later, I had my child back. She wasn't perfectly healthy, for sure. I mean, we're in it, you know, she's almost six years old. So we've been in it. We're going to be in it for the long run. But I was looking over my, um, my Facebook they show you your memories from years ago. And I had posted recently, like, I feel like I have my baby back. So one of the things, Meredith, we've heard from our past guests is that the journey hasn't been all bad, that there have been some positive events or positive transformations that have occurred as a consequence of their journey. Can you share with us what positive has come out of your tick disease journey? I am very self-aware of myself now. Emotionally, although I may be crying a little bit right now, but I'm very proud of myself for everything that I have accomplished. I have fought so hard for treatment for Lillian and I don't give up. I will fight until I get what we need. And that is something very positive, I believe, 
I, I believe in myself a lot more too. I trust my gut because it was so right when everybody else was so wrong. And as a mother, I've grown as well. Thank you for sharing that with us, Meredith. And I, I have one last question for you, if you would indulge us. And that is, now that you've changed in some very positive ways and you've learned a lot about ticks and tick diseases, what would you urge other parents to do to avoid going through what you've gone through, both as a child and now with your child with regard to tick diseases? What advice would you give to parents to avoid tick diseases? Number one, most important thing you can do, talk to somebody who is going through it or has gone through it. That is the number one piece of advice, other than using bug spray, that I will give to people because there's so much misinformation out there. Talk to somebody who is going through it. Thank you for listening to the Tick Bootcamp interview with Meredith and Lillian. For our listeners, we have a call to action. First, if you'd like to learn more about Meredith and Lillian and their tick disease journey, please visit Lillian's Instagram at Lillian Sage. Second, if you enjoyed this episode of the Tick Bootcamp podcast, please share it with your friends by using the social media buttons you see at the bottom of the post. Third, we here at Tick Bootcamp have created a Tick Bite blueprint that has been inspired by the information that has been shared with us by our past podcast guests. We urge you to visit our website at www.tickbootcamp.com to view our blueprint. We appreciate it if you would contact us with any suggestions you have for improvements. Fourth, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, or Spotify to get the automatic episode updates of our Tick Bootcamp podcast. And finally, we thank you, our listeners, for your comments on our past podcast episodes. Please take a minute to leave us an honest review on iTunes, Instagram, or on our website. We make it a point to read every single one of the reviews we get. Thank you for listening.